0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is generously brought to you by Kachava, Elysium Health, and Newspapers.com. I mentioned our sponsor today is Kachava, and I want to tell you all about Kachava, which is my all-in-one daily super blend. If you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need, or struggling to stay on top of your health, then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts Everything your body needs in one glass so you can have it all. All of us in the Not All Better Show audience know we need these superfoods as we age. We need all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the protein, and all the benefits for your gut, for your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, and your heart, your whole health, especially as we age. No more compromise. No more guilt. No other nutrition shake does all this. The cachava team traveled to the ends of the earth to source all the vitamins and crush it up. Cachava is a powder. You take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. I really love the chocolate and vanilla, but chai is great too. And I've added it to my personal favorites. Look, I'm recording this first thing this morning, and I've already had my cachava for breakfast. Yesterday, I did the same, and it kept me full for hours. There's just no way I could get all these nutrients with my normal diet. Again, as we age, dear Not Old Better Show audience, we need this special blend of nutrients. Trying to manage all the supplements and ingredients you should be taking, it's overwhelming and expensive, but now... Kachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. Listen, I'll tell you, I'm loving Kachava, and you've got to go try Kachava for yourself. And right now, for a limited time, Kachava is offering 10% off to our Not Old Better show audience. Go to Kachava.com better. That's Kachava spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash better. All this will be in our show notes. but. Go to kachava.com and get 10% off your first order. That's kachava.com better. Thanks, everybody. And now back to our show today, along with my introduction of our guest. You know, working with people who are dissimilar in personality and thought can prove perplexing, even in the best moments, if not just plain impossible. Yet it doesn't mean that successful working partnerships cannot be developed one such partnership nearly didn't happen. Then, after it did, it nearly died. One of the great political friendships of the modern world is between U.S. President Barack Obama and German Chancellor Angela Merkel as two of the world's most influential leaders together at the center of some of the biggest controversies and most impressive advancements of our time. But while their friendship has been the subject of both scrutiny and admiration, few know the full story. Our guest today, author Claudia Clark, tells us all about that full story and about these two world leaders who took office at the height of the 2008 global recession. President Obama was keenly aware of the fractured relationship between the U.S. and Europe, and for her part, Angela Merkel was suspicious of the charismatic newcomer who had captivated her country. There's a state visit involved, a presidential battle of freedom involved. Let's listen as Claudia Clark reads a passage from her new book, Dear Barack.
1: So the the passage that I am going to read is from chapter six, which happened in June of 2011 when when um, Angela Merkel was in Washington to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom award, and it was that event was an entire state visit, so there was a lot of pomp and circumstance around the entire event and the passage I am going to read is from the event that they had on the, we- on the lawn of the White House prior to the event later that evening and I, I choose this um, passage because this is where you can hear uh, her refer to President Obama as Dear Barack for the first time and you can uh, get an idea of the title of the book. Greeted by applause from the audience, Miracle used her time at the podium to forcefully and passionately remind the audience of the core values shared between the United States and Germany, the universality of human rights, Freedom and democracy. It is difficult to come out with just one take away from her powerful words, but in her remarks, she boasted about how the relationship between the United States and Germany is, quote, as just as much part and parcel of Germany's raison d'etre as is European integration. Both belong together. Both are and remain the pillars of German foreign policy. End quote. This bold statement was arguably the most important component of her remarks. Much like President Kennedy's historic speech in Berlin at the height of the Cold War had emphasized the importance of the relationship between the United States and Germany, Merkel's remarks on the White House lawn accomplished the same goal. Just as Kennedy argued, ich bin ein Berliner, so Merkel declared that her. Nation's partnership with the United States was an essential component of Germany's existence. In a sense, Kennedy offered the opening remarks in the case with regard to the strength of the relationship, while Merkel's statement 48 years later served as a closing argument. In her final remarks, Merkel acknowledged the complexity of the current world and many difficult challenges that needed to be addressed. Then, She, again, employed the extremely rare approach she had used before Congress in 2009, and she once again addressed the crowd in English. Mr. President, dear Barack in Berlin, in 2008, you spoke to more than 200,000 people, and in your address, you said America has no better partner than Europe, and now it's my turn to say Europe and Germany have no better partner than America." This statement demonstrated how far the relationship between the two of them had come.
0: That, of course, is our guest today, author Claudia Clark, reading from her new book Dear Barack, which is a thoroughly enjoyable and well-researched book of the parallel trajectories that led to Barack Obama and Angela Merkel meeting on the world stage and the trials, both personal and political, that they confronted in office. Join me and author Claudia Clark today as we discuss a story of camaraderie at a global scale. Claudia Clark's new book and our interview today about Dear Barack shows that it is possible for political adversaries to establish bonds of respect and even friendship in the service of the free world. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better show on radio and podcast, author Claudia Clark. Claudia Clark, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: It is really a pleasure to talk to you. I've gotta say, I'm just I'm smiling right now, uh, Claudia. If you could if you could see me, you'd know. I just enjoyed this book so much. I think I, I probably enjoyed it because of its timing. It's a it's a wonderful story about this extraordinary partnership between Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. You tell it so wonderfully. I'm excited to get into it. Of course, the book is Dear Barack, the extraordinary partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. Let's just start really right at that kind of that point because, you know, we do live in these divisive times. Uh, you know, we just are uh, – every time you turn on the news, it's about the January 6th insurrection. Those are important things and, and granted that is uh, on a lot of our minds. But there is genuine appreciation, I suppose, for Barack Obama and Angela Merkel that is just so positive. It's from almost this different Era, and I wonder, was it your intention in writing the book to remind us that political partnerships can work? They don't need to be caustic, and can be productive. I suppose what led you to write the book at this particular time because your timing is perfect.
1: <laughs> yes, well, I, I I decided to write the book because I was I I decided to write it in uh, 2017. I I kind of got the. The idea to do it in 2016 after the uh, 2016 election but i really decided to do it in 2017 uh, following miracle's um, first trip to washington after trump had been elected and one of the reasons i did so was because i i saw what was going on in in the international world uh, with brexit with trump's isolationist rhetoric with what was at the time what was going on with the, the french presidential election between round one of macron and le pen and i was it was concerning to me trump's rhetoric about how he was threatening to withdraw the united states from nato and how nato had become obsolete and i it's one of those things where whether you like it or not, we live in a globalized world, and the the what was going on across the world with leaders and you know, even in Germany with the Alternative for Deutschland or the AfD, which is the alt right party in Germany, picking up momentum, it, it concerned me. It was just you know we 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 need to work together. We cannot be, nobody lives on an Island anymore. And what's going on is just a little disconcerting. And so I wanted to kind of teach a lesson for, for other world leaders that, you know, Obama and Merkel did not get along on, or didn't agree on a lot of things politically, but they put their differences aside. They knew how important it was, not just for Europe or not just for the United States, but for the world, uh, to put their differences aside and learn to work to, uh, together. And that was kind of what I was hoping other world leaders would see. Uh, you know, they could realize, look, if, if Merkel and Obama can do it, then we can do it too. You know, obviously not to the same extent. The the, the, the relationship between the two of them was, was definitely um, more unique. But I, I think there's a lesson to be learned for other world leaders.
0: hmm and you do such a great job telling it. Um, you know, congratulations on the book. Thank you. Yes, absolutely, in the timing. And you you say this, you know, President Obama and Chancellor Merkel didn't get along initially. Their relationship had to evolve. They really got to be very close working confidence. There was even some skepticism on both toward the other. I wonder if you tell us a little bit about that relationship and uh, its evolution and uh, – and just some of the skepticism because it was it was palpable.
1: Sure. Well, it started with uh, in 2008, uh, Barack Obama had not received the um, the nomination to be the democratic candidate for president at the time but he was coming to he was doing a European trip and he was going to be in Berlin and he was an up-and-coming rock star everybody loved him the German the Mm -hmm. German people loved him the Europeans loved him and and I I love President Obama but he I do think he does have just a little bit of an ego and the one (laughs) (laughs) and the one person that that didn't kind of fall in line to worshiping him like everyone else did with Angela Merkel. She was very, very skeptical of him. She thought... To put it bluntly, she thought he was full of himself, and she kind of de- she denied his request to speak before Brandenburg Gate because that's what he wanted, and she didn't want uh, Brandenburg Gate to be used as a political ploy, and so she was just like, no, this is not happening. And meanwhile, Obama wasn't used to people telling him no, <laughs> so he was a little like, who doesn't she know who I am? And you know, to which Merkel was kind of like, I know exactly who you are, and so she thought and why do you think I'm telling you no and so there was that kind of was the beginning the framework of, of their working relationship but over the the course of of the time that they spent together, miracle realized that there was, more to Obama than being able to give charismatic speeches, because that was one of the things they were so different, not just politically, but personality wise, they were different. And she really thought that he was all talk. Yeah, he can give a speech in front of bread or gate or he can give a speech um, before the victory column, which is where he ended up speaking in Berlin uh, that t- that time before 200,000 people. But can he really do anything? And uh, through the course of the time that they spent working with one another, they realized that for practical reasons, they knew that as leaders of allied nations that had such a close relationship with one another, they, they were both pragmatic and realized they were going to have to learn to work with one another. And as it turns out, they learned that and discovered that they had more in common that than anybody would have ever thought initially. and got and and that is not to dis- say and, and and that's what this book does is it traces how from the the beginning skepticism of of Merkel with Obama to the very end, the final trip Obama made to um, Berlin following the 2016 election was to. Um, Berlin and Merkel cried when she said goodbye to Obama for the final time. And then, conversely, in um, right the day before Obama left office in uh, January, uh, the final phone call Obama made was to Chancellor Merkel. And so, this book traces how you went from one lead, uh, one period of time where you had such skepticism to the very end where, you know, Miracle cried when she said goodbye to Obama, and the relationship wasn't linear. They had their ups and downs, but, you know, this book traces all of that, and, you know, the good times and the bad— and the, the telling thing is, despite the challenges that they had and the difficulties that they had, after they recovered from that, they were always stronger than they were mm, before mm. the crisis
0: happened. And I want to get to the crisis, too, but I want, I want to talk about the two people, Obama and Merkel, for just a moment, too, because I think it's interesting to look at. Their lives, I agree with you. I admire President Obama a great deal. There is certainly ego there, perhaps a bit full of himself. My bet is his lovely wife, Michelle, probably tells him like it is. It gives him some balance and perspective in, in yeah. his life, as as uh, good partners do often. She is, I'm sure, a force in, in her own right. And President Obama is surrounded by bright, talented women. Did Merkel learned that about him and was then able to just be herself? What was it that Merkel really was able to do to make that relationship work so well? Because she's a very bright, capable person too, in her own right.
1: Right. Well, and this is one of the points I argue in the book is that Mm -hmm. Angela Mm -hmm. Merkel uh, she has a Ph. For those of you who don't know, she has a PhD in quantum physics. So she is <laughs> a rocket uh, scientist. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. And and not just that, but she uh, she, uh, she has a photographic memory. When I was doing the the biography chapter, her her teachers when she was in school often reported her as being the most gifted and most intellectual. Um, student that they had ever taught, so hmm. very very bright. And however, she she was used to people uh, second guessing her and not taking her seriously. In part because she was also she was chair or she's head of the Christian Democratic Union, which is Germany's center right. So that that was a little difficult to, to have s- such a strong, brilliant woman being the head of a of the republic or the center right party and so she had she faced challenges in, in that regard but more than that uh world leaders like for example former French president, uh, Sar- Nicolas Sarkozy, and Vladimir Putin did not take her seriously at all. They kind of discredited her because she was a woman. And what I argue in the book is that Obama was raised by very, you know, a very, his grandmother was a matriarch of the family, very strong woman. His mother was, um, very, was very educated, very, very strong, independent woman. And Michelle Obama, next to Hillary Clinton, is the second most educated First lady the US has ever had. And so I think that it w- for Miracle, she, she the respect that she got from Obama was a breath of fresh air because Obama was not threatened in any shape or form. And in fact, he welcomed a strong woman with a voice and independent. And so I think they were able to feed off of one another in that regard. And, and I think it was it was reassuring for Miracle. And I think that Obama and Miracle also were intellectually on the very on the same page. They they both, in terms of of ideas and philosophies and principles, they they both were intellectually on the same same level. And so that they could even when they disagreed, they could at least have conversations on the same same level. And I think it was it was reassuring for for Miracle to have someone who could respect her and she didn't have to you know she not that she played dumb or but you know she had people who took her she finally had someone who took her seriously
0: stay tuned for the rest of our interview with claudia clark but now just a couple messages from our partners today do you know what nad is i didn't before and trust me you're going to want to hear this NAD is found in every single cell of your body. It's responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD declines as you age. Lack of sleep, intense exercise, or too much sun can also deplete NAD levels. And decreased NAD levels are linked to faster biological aging. It can even slow down vital body functions. I mentioned earlier that Elysium Health is the sponsor of this episode. Now, You know that I am hypercritical of any supplements I put into my body. I do a ton of my own research. And what I appreciate about Elysium is how transparent they are about their research and evidence. This is a company that has dozens of the world's best scientists working with them. Seven of them have won a Nobel Prize. If you're like me and you've thought about the changes occurring in your body as you age, such as the feeling of general tiredness and fatigue that sets in, a change in your metabolism, or a longer workout recovery time, then you should consider Elysium's product Basis. Basis is an NAD supplement that is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD by 40%. NAD helps our cells create energy. Basis has become my secret weapon to support the aging process. Basis by Elysium Health is a game changer, and it's a cornerstone of my daily routine. But you need to try it for yourself to experience the results. Here's what I want you to do: go to trybasis.com/notoldbetter, and when you enter our code, not old better, at checkout, you'll save ten percent off Basis prepaid plans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash notoldbetter. All of this will be in our show notes today. And be sure to use our code better at checkout to save 10%. Thank you to Elysium Health for sponsoring this episode. Hi, it's Paul, and I mentioned that today's episode is sponsored by newspapers.com. Newspapers.com is the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com makes it easier than ever to find your family story with more than half a billion digitized newspaper pages from the 1690s to today. Did your dad win a big game in high school? Did your great grandma win a bake-off? Whether it's a familiar family story or a new discovery, the possibilities for what you might find on newspapers.com are endless. The simple-to-use tools and search features make it easy to discover, save, and share the stories that connect you with the past. Search for obituaries, marriage announcements, birth announcements, photos, and more in papers from across the United States, the UK, Canada, and beyond. Searching back three centuries. And... For listeners of the Not Old Better show, newspapers.com is offering 20% off a Publisher Extra subscription so you can start exploring today. Just use the code not old Better at checkout. That's code not old Better for 20% off the Publisher Extra. We'll have all of this in our show notes. Thanks, everybody. And now back to our guest today, author Claudia Clark. Claudia Clark is the author of the new book, Dear Barack, about the wonderful relationship and deep political partnership, the parallel trajectories, and this deep bond that was created between President Barack Obama and German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Enjoy the rest of this interview. Stay tuned. We are with author Claudia Clark. Claudia Clark is author of the new book, just excellent, by the way, Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. It's a wonderful book. We're talking to Claudia Clark today from her home in Berlin. A real-world perspective that you have on this subject, and I thought the perspective was an interesting one, too, for our times. We've kind of talked a little bit about that. You know, working with people who are dissimilar in personality, it it teaches us something. It can prove to be perplexing, absolutely, if not impossible. But successful working partnerships can be developed. And so, with with that in mind, why is this story important for us to to study and to learn about today?
1: I think now more than ever it's important because um I think whether we like it or not we live in a very globalized world and we need world leaders who can work well with one another to get things accomplished um and things like climate change that impacts the whole world and not just our our small countries um things like terrorism with the with the internet and with um It is very, very important, you know, somebody can do, somebody can plot a terrorist attack from their apartment in Canada or Belgium, Um, you know, wars are no longer just a matter of militarily going in and invading a country, but, you know, intellectual um, warfare or terrorist attack can be done pretty much anywhere. And I think now more than ever, it is imperative that world leaders be able to talk with one another and trust one another and be able to share that information in order to help promote um, world security. Now, Miracle and Obama, they didn't agree on a lot of things politically, but they had enough respect for one another that and their countries that they could Put differences aside, and they could iron out differences and and disagreements, and come up with workable solutions that benefited everyone. And I think that um, that's something that is lacking in today's world right now, and and not just in the United States, but you see what hap- what's happening in um in the U.K. and across the world. And it's just, I think we need to. I, I think people right now are so caught up in being right or wrong. Or not wanting to, they're not willing to compromise because they don't want to be seen as selling out. And I, that they're not willing to compromise, they're not willing to work. And so nothing gets done. And then as a result of that, people lose faith in the system, they lose faith in democracy, they don't want to participate. And I think that on a global level, what the lesson you can learn from Obama and Merkel is that democracy works. But everybody has to be willing to participate. You have to, you're not, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have differences of opinion. Just as long as you're upfront and you're honest and you're willing to um, debate and discuss your differences and mm-hmm. your um, disagreements.
0: Yes, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, well, let's let's jump into the the spy scandal allegations because you referenced those just a moment ago, and I and I wanted to hold off talking about them. It, it, it is for I wanted to hold off talking about it because it just is a big deal. I wanted to set this up. There were some real differences between the German people and Angela Merkel during that time period about these allegations. You write about this in, in such wonderful depth, but I wondered if you'd remind us about that issue because I think many of my audience will remember it, but maybe not all of the points. And maybe tell us a little bit about Merkel's perspective and, and you know, what she said and, and then did to deal with this apparent betrayal of friends. Right. Um, so – most of you probably are
1: have at least remember hearing about the Eric Snowden and the allegate, and when he went into hiding because of some spying incidents. A lot of that had to do with when it was uh, discovered that the United States Obama administration had been uh, spying on countries across the world, not just Germany, but uh, France and Great Britain and Chile and uh, you name it. And the United States had participated in it. And it it, it kind of was a, um, a th- you'd hear a little story here, a little story there. But what ultimately ended up happening is it was later revealed that the spying went so far that Miracle's personal cell phone was was uh, tapped. and. I I make no I hated writing, I, I dedicate an entire chapter to this and I I make no apologies to Obama. He the administration was wrong. He there was absolutely no excuse for it. And the interesting thing was was that Merkel is um pragmatic. First and foremost, she's pragmatic. And she knew or understood that spying at her level was to be expected and it was done and so she wasn't really all that annoyed with it or angered by it but she was she was more her perspective was more this is really a waste of time and resources why are you doing this to uh, to an allied leader or an allied nation when there's you're not going to get anything out of it on the other hand the the german people were furious, and rightfully so. They were absolutely furious about this. And they, especially for Miracle, who had come from the former East Germany, they they went to her and they said, look, as someone who had grown up in the former East Germany, you, ab- you of all people should be offended and appalled by what is going on. And Miracle dismissed that. And she, she actually received a lot of flack from the German citizens for her inaction about it. And she only publicly came forward and said, this needs to stop because she was facing so much pressure from her, her own citizens because she really, it didn't phase her. Um, you know, she didn't, she thought, you know, it happens, it's annoying and it's, it's, it's a waste of time, but it's part of you know, part of the course. And, but she was facing so much backlash from her, her people that she finally had to say, this is not acceptable. We are not in the Cold War anymore. You need to, do, this needs to stop. And then, so the Obama administration did come back and they implemented a policy where they talked about what would be acceptable, what wouldn't be acceptable in terms of trying to keep people civil liberties at, in balance with trying to maintain what was going on in terms of intelligence with monitoring um um in different um levels of um intelligence b- breaks
0: and that well, ch- they they had this really odd almost awkward way of putting it because you use the word monitor they they kind of framed it in a very political phrase the monitoring of friends mm-hmm. and i just thought Wow. OK, that that's a little stilted. That's probably not the best phrasing because you really don't monitor friends. Right. And that that was also a, a frustration, I think, for so many.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. And and Miracle was Miracle's position was um, this the United States has been an ally of Germany and the EU for such a long time that yeah this was a bad mistake and it was a bad oversight but we cannot jeopardize all all the years of being close allies with that. And so that was kind of one of the ways that she kind of backtracked a little bit, but you know, the Germans weren't having it. They were just, you know, they were <laughs> and not just the Germans, the, the, the rest of the rest of uh, Europe was also, and, and the UN actually came and put in, and I talk about this in the book um, a resolution saying, look, this is not, this is not how democratic uh, countries interact with, other democratic countries and something needs to be done. And so they did, the Obama administration did do uh, implement a policy on how, on what would be acceptable and what wouldn't be. And even that wasn't enough to, to satisfy the German people. He actually, Obama actually had to go on the German television and really apologize. And, and that was, I think for the German people, that was even, it was a harder sell for him with them than it was for Miracle because, the German people absolutely loved Obama, and there there was research that polls that were taken that 85 percent of the German people would have voted for Obama if they had had the opportunity. Mm. And mm. so he, it, when uh, the revelation came that this was happening, it was really a blow to the the average German sit not just the German citizens, and not just. But the other politicians that were running for office at local and state levels that were kind of dismissing it. The average Germans were like, "If you're not willing to do something, we are going to find someone who's going to do something about this." So there really was a backlash, and Obama Mm -hmm. did. You know, he apologized and he he went on, and the Germans. It took a couple of years, but but um, he showed enough humility, and and that's one thing about the Germans is if you if you show humility and you're willing to make amends they're willing to to cut you some slack and it it wasn't an easy thing for him to do but but he did do it and and it never went away like in the final press conference between Obama and Merkel in 2016 it was still discussed even then but it moved from being in the forefront of their conversations the first when the scandal broke to um, Slowly going on the back burner, but it still was always present in their, in their um interactions.
0: Again, Claudia Clark is with us today, um, author of the fantastic book "Dear Barack: The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel." The book is getting grave reviews. It's not just me, Claudia Clark. <laughs> Tom Cochran from the Obama White House and State Department Technology Office said, The need for responsible, committed, and informed leaders has never been greater. Dear Barack reflects upon this urgency as Claudia Clark brings to life the goals shared between two great world leaders. I love that praise. A lot of praise for you in the book. You've been so generous with your time. I just really have one final question for you, Claudia Clark. I wonder if you just tell us, you know, what did the world get as a result of Merkel and Obama? And and will we ever see another leadership example like these two? Should we have some optimism?
1: Well, I think on a a professional level, what the world got from the Obama-Miracle friendship or partnership was... um, I think the highlight of of their relationship was in 2016 and Obama had come to come to Germany. Miracle was in a lot of trouble politically for a couple of reasons. Um, One was for in 2015, she had opened the German borders to the Syrian refugees and she was getting a lot of pushback for that. And so Obama came to her rescue. He was called, he was kind of summoned to Germany because she needed help, and he did not disappoint. And in front of an entire audience of people from all over Europe, Obama gives the speech in where he supports Merkel and what she had done with regard to opening the Syrian opening the German borders. And he he it was kind of a plea to, to other western democracy saying look this is we're in crisis right now between climate change and people needing to relocate because of that because of war we as democratic institutions have an obligation to help these people who need relocation need services because of war or because of um, economic hardship and he you know he said point blank he said it's not fair to expect one country and he says he he calls Merkel out and just says look it's not fair for us to expect Germany and Angela Merkel to handle all of this we also have an obligation to do so and so I I do think that the United States could have done more, and I don't let him off the hook for that because it was nice that he gave Merkel all this praise, but I do think the U.S. could have done more. But I think the the takeaway from that speech, and it's a powerful speech, is that we're in this together, and as a democratic institutions, we all have responsibilities, regardless of somebody's, whether they're Muslim or they're Hindu or they're Christian, we all have a responsibility to, to do what we can to help. And the world is changing and this is going to become the norm. And we can't rely on one person or one country to, to take on all the burden. And so I think from a, from a world perspective perspective, I think that is the one thing, the one takeaway from a professional level, that you that you can get. I think that was that speech was the highlight of the professional relationship between Obama and Merkel, and the overall theme that you can learn that other world leaders can learn or should learn from from their relationship. Now, with regard to whether we'll see another one, you know, history has shown that. A relationship between Obama and Merkel is not unique. You know, for example, FDR and um, Winston Churchill had a similar relationship during World War II. Um, Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher had a similar relationship during the 1980s. And so I, you know, I argue this, that relationships like this happen, occur about once in a generation. And I, I, Unfortunately, I don't think we're in a situation now where we can wait another generation for for a relationship like that, a bond to form. And I could see, because you know, I, I watched these, I watched what was going on carefully, and I and I think, had Miracle stayed longer, I I could see the relationship between Macron and um, Emmanuel Macron and Angela Merkel developing in that form. But um, you know, she. She has since retired. So, um, and Germany has a new chancellor now. So, so we'll see what happens uh, with Germany and, and whoever. But I do think I, I don't know as of right now. I I don't see anything forming at this point, like Merkel and Obama did. But I am hopeful, um, for the sake of of democracy that that th- that we can, um find another duo, like like the two of them.
0: Claudia Clark has been our guest today. Of course, Claudia Clark is author of the fantastic book, Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. Claudia Clark's an author, a speaker, an activist focused on progressive causes. Again, this book is just fantastic. I I just will echo uh, all that you've said, Claudia Clark, now more than ever. you know it's imperative for, for these world leaders to work together, to trust one another. We all got to do this. You say it so well in your book. Thanks for your time. Boy, I tell you, when you uh, have uh, more work that uh, you'd like to share with us, we will welcome you again on the program. I think our audience is just going to be excited by this book and excited to hear from you again at some point. So please join us again. But thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: My thanks to our sponsors today, Kachava, Newspapers.com, and Elysium Health. Please check out our show notes for more information about our sponsors, and please support our sponsors because they, in turn, support the show. My thanks to Claudia Clark, author of the new book, Dear Barack. You can find out more about Claudia Clark and her work in the show notes today. Please be well and be safe. I'm saying this to you about being safe regularly because we need to eliminate assault rifles. We don't need them in the hands of non-military, and they are killing our children and grandchildren in the very place that they learn, school. So let's be well, let's be safe, let's do better with this subject. Let's eliminate assault rifles. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and I'll see you next time.